0: hearties, and welcome to a free bean salad. On this here voyage, I be your cat and butch McDick. With me be me first mate, Jack. <coughs> and me deck swabber, Rob. Hello. <laughs> On this here voyage, we be sailing in, in search of the plunder of the free Mr. Bean treasures. <laughs> This week <laughs> we watched <laughs> Top Funny Kamege in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> Me first mate. How did you find this hair voyage?
1: I mean look <laughs> this uh, steaming hot pile of shit is still one star on Letterboxd from me. Mind you I did take quite a few notes this week which is a uh, you know, something that's not often done with this film. I've, and I actually finished my first notebook of notes. So I've got a, f- a full sort of uh, diary of the last 20 weeks. of it to be life. some sort of treasure map. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember what half these fucking notes mean. I, um, I watched the film uh, in a kind of makeshift sauna. Setting, uh, <laughs> in which the house was very very warm. I was in my spider-man onesie. I was uh underneath a blanket, and I had the hood up and everything. I just I just wanted to just sweat it out, you know, just just see how far I could take it, and uh, I think it maybe just like I was on the brink of delirium, possibly. I, I, do, I don't know what half of these fucking notes mean. Um,
2: All your notes are just like, ah, it's hot. It's so
1: hot. <laughs> 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 uh, Rob, how did you... How did ye you,
0: did you did you get, get on ye
1: scallywag?
2: <laughs> 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 um, well, let's just say there was there was no treasure where where I was looking because uh, this movie stinks um i didn't have i didn't even ironically have fun this this time it was just uh, and actually ironically this is the uh one week that i didn't protest watching this movie um, yeah. i just did as i was told yeah and god that was a a bad decision, I will be protesting this movie for the rest of the year.
0: Yar, ye be watching this here movie for the rest of the year, or ye shall be forced to walk the plank, me hearty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 uh, um, Butch, what did you, uh, how did you feel about Top Funny Comedian the movie starring Mr. Bean?
0: Yar, this here movie be a foul mistress. <laughs> I I I don't know what nautical references to make in reference to this here piece of dung. But this movie—do pirates
2: say dung?
1: <laughs>
0: this this movie here be like a foul sea on an overcast day. It's just <laughs> fucking horrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I mean. Rob, did you take any notes this week?
2: No. Of course I not.
1: Okay, well, if I may, I'd like to start um the first thing I got I got a few laughs out of the film this week, but for I don't know how I th- again, I think I was just on the brink of pure delirium, because my first note is just a uh, tap 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 <laughs> which <laughs> in reference to uh, the director um, <laughs> Tapping the letter that he gets Inviting him to Macau uh, he just sort of goes And that made me laugh ASMR like... <laughs> ASMR <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Zoe also had a small bit of input She was there for the opening moments of the film And she claimed the director was Far too gay to be living in China uh, At least safely <laughs> um, My next note is just the word Okay Okay. I have no idea what that means. Um. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Um. I have. In the scene where Bean first shows up, and the director is completely ignored in the the hotel foyer, he looks so fucking sad, which is clearly a reference to how fucking sad this movie makes me. Um <laughs> There's a nice frame in the uh the lift scene with Bean. Which is obviously a reference to b ninety seven. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but there is some reptile imagery in Top Funny Comedian the movie. (laughs) Anyone going to talk
2: about the reptile imagery?
1: (laughs) Exactly, is it? Yarr, ain't nobody going to talk
0: about the nautical imagery. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This movie be taking place on the high seas. (laughs) When the characters all commandeer their jet skis and set sail. (laughs) And of course, the multiple drownings.
2: Yarr. (laughs) Oh yeah, there's waterboarding in this film. <laughs>
1: Yarr, when the two trans women are forced to walk the plank. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say, I think it's this is the first time I've heard someone say the words trans women in a pirate voice. <laughs> Yarr, my throat be going harsh. <laughs> um, uh, the reptile imagery. Uh, Bean uh, moves his tongue in a reptilian way as the lift door closes. That's all.
2: I know exactly what tongue movement you're referring to.
1: Um, Never skip a like leg day. The director says the, the director says the words your foot in English, I believe, but I might have imagined it. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, oh yeah, the the part where the magician just sort of screams things in the hotel room reminded me of you, Rob. Uh, had me missing you. <laughs> Um, There's a portrait in the bathroom That I never noticed before Uh, There's a girl at the bar At the strip club that eyes up Teddy In a suggestive way that I didn't notice before Uh, In the background Of the strip club there's two signs Two big signs that just say Make it yours I'm gonna stop the pirate voice because it genuinely is doing a
3: number on my throat Uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the uh, I, I My theory as to why it says make it yours Is that the strip club is for sale And that's advertising for anyone that wants to buy it
1: <laughs> It's obviously a commentary on excess uh, in capitalism I actually
3: oh. did have a note about oh. capitalism versus communism <laughs> uh, Which I think is a big theme in this movie Because of course China is a communist country But at the same time there's like a shopping montage And they're in a gambling capital yeah. Like it is a is ve- They're all very capitalist I'm not sure if that's meant to be Saying like hey capitalism rules The Chinese government sucks Or if it's saying the Chinese government is great These characters suck uh, <laughs> just, be- just
2: a note on the, on the Make it yours sign um, I actually think that's a reference to The original Scarface um, But the it's just mistranslate. Yeah but it's just mistranslated
1: do you want to elaborate on that, Rob? Have you got any no. further evidence, no, maybe? No, no, they just no. sound similar. They just sound similar, okay. Um, no, no,
2: it, I just, yeah.
1: It also <laughs> might be in reference to Teddy's soul. Make it yours. Make it yours. Um, My next note is just, poor fat one. Like, he gets dicked around so much in this movie that I just, I, I can't express how sad I am for the fat one. Um, there's I love all, the fat one. I like the fat I one. I do like the fat one. Um, there's a Planet of the Apes reference in the, the, the rickshaw chase scene where the magician uh, pounds his fist on the pavement. It's clearly <laughs> a reference to Planet of the Apes. Um, I'm, very, I'm very much coming to uh, the end of my analysis. Um, what does that cutlery feet, when they're tying up those trans women, they, they tie a load of forks to their feet for some reason... Um, there's a comic book style transition before the the end of the film, which just is completely, like, tonally redundant. I notice your handwriting gets more and more sloppy as you go along. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Teddy kicks the director so fucking hard in that end scene. And I have one last note that I'd like to just leave my analysis of this film on, which is... um, this film is a hate crime sandwich in which <laughs> Bean is the bread. <laughs> can, we, uh, can we talk for a second
3: about the bone scene? I feel like we need to discuss oh, the bone scene. Oh my god,
1: the bones. All the bone cracking in this film. There is, is a lot of it. Fucked. Like, it's just... it's Like you said last night, it's like bubble wrap. It's literally so... You know, I'm gonna I'm Like, <laughs> I'm 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 Just imagine that, but... Much more animated and horrible. And also it's set in China. And it's a parody of The Hangover and a fucking game show. And I fucking hate this movie. I fucking hate it so much. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) But,
3: uh, I I mean, we came to the conclusion that the film might be about people suffering from scoliosis. (laughs) Because... (laughs) Like, it seems like every time a character stays still for any length of time, like, the second they try and move, there's a bone crack, and, like, this is demonstrated very early on the scene with, uh, Edna Mode and, uh, what's his face? Uh, David Cross. David Cross. That's it. It's, I love it's, how um,
2: none of the names we have for them are, are consistent at all. You'll we'll randomly refer to them as one thing, and then just completely change what we call them later on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
3: so David Cross and Edna Mode. You know, there's the scene early on that has them. Then they're just kind of holding still and having a conversation. And then they get up to move, and for some reason, all of their bones start
1: cracking. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's called oh, comedy,
2: baby. Have you ever heard of it?
1: Th- this is just coming to me now. Um, we've talked about that uh, brand of water that is advertised constantly throughout the movie. The same brand of water is just fucking everywhere. And um, that's obviously bone hurting juice that uh, <laughs> that all the characters are dr- unknowingly drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on the bone hurting juice theory? <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm sure we would have known about it if we if we had English subtitles. Um, yeah, I'm sure somebody would have mentioned it. But yeah, uh, you know.
3: possible that China it's it's commentary on China poisoning their water supply, which uh, isn't something I have <laughs> any proof that they're actually doing. <laughs> but it, you know what? It's not impossible. Yeah. I don't
1: have proof that they're not doing it. I mean, the thing is, um, Chinese well is a language that very much relies on a tonality and kind of. Um, what's the word like intonation like it's re- it's a really like uh heavily intonated language so like one word can mean several different things depending on um how you how you intonate it so for all all we know depending on how you intonate i know for instance ni hao which means uh hello My, if you intonate it differently so like maybe ni hao could mean uh bone hurting juice and <laughs> i will die on that hill we need to clearly uh, get a, a,
3: a resident Mandarin speaker in. <laughs> uh, we'll uh, we'll see about this uh, for next rotation. Yeah. perhaps.
2: Well, we do have another link now. As on Letterboxd, there has been That's another was, viewer getting, yeah. of this movie. Yep.
3: Yeah, we uh. We intend to get on to her and see if she wants to be a guest on the show.
2: <laughs> her review is, uh, only watched it for Rowan Atkinson, and he was the only good thing about the film. She gave it one star, but her review also has two likes, uh, which is us. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh,
3: literally watched it within the last
1: 24 hours, apparently. Yeah. She watched
2: um... it straight after Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're both
1: film schools, you know, I mean... They're one... both films. <laughs> One field one is a two-hour film school. The other is a what feels like seven-hour film school. <laughs> yeah, yeah Jaws you know. is pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm
3: trying to think, I I bean screen was the one other note that I had. Oh, bean screen, of course, because <laughs> we established that bean quite possibly wasn't in any of this movie.
1: Yeah. I mean. Does that mean we could stop watching it? No, I mean he's cu- He is in it, but oh, uh, we did notice that his stunt double is probably featured a little more heavily. Just because that's obviously not Rowan Atkinson running at the end. He's too old to run. T-
3: <laughs> I think that's just uh, that's just my what I think. That isn't something <laughs> I'm stating as a fact.
1: Uh boys, fuck this film. It okay, it's
2: been though. it's been it's been quiet enough for long enough. I think we can move on to our completely unrelated movie. So we watched the fanatic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yarr>. <laughs>
2: yeah, we watched, There's we no watched. point trying so to. come up with This is like a my <laughs> fucking tenth time watching
3: the fanatic since Jack showed it to me, but a few months ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like I, when me when Butch and I were sitting down to watch it. Uh, oh yeah.
2: By the way, we should probably mention that uh, you two are, are together right now. Oh yeah, oh, we're
1: yeah. we're recording in the same room for the first time ever, uh, which is wild. Like, hello. Legally I, now. Legally, need to make hey. that
2: clear. Legally.
1: Hey, we have a yeah, let, we have a letter from the police giving us permission to be to be cohabiting. So fuck off, Rob. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just
2: I'm 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 telling you guys to make it clear that it's legal. I I trust you.
3: <laughs> According to Letterboxd, this is my fifth time watching the
1: fanatic. I f- fuck me. I forgot that uh, sorry, as Butch and I were sitting down to watch this, it, uh, it occurred to me this film only came out last year. like uh, it came out under 12 months ago and I've probably watched it about five times as well, which is <laughs> stupid. I remember the first time watching it was uh, as uh, on my phone. I was on holidays on your
2: fucking telephone. On <laughs> my <laughs>
1: and uh, I mean I like I loved it from the get go. I mean I'm 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 very biased because i just uh, you, you know, love a te- bit of biscuit. Yeah, I love a bit of biscuit. Like my teenage years were very much spent listening to a lot of fucking new metal, uh, including Limp Biscuit. Fred Durst being the fucking lead vocalist of of Limp Bizkit. Fred Durst. We should also point out is the Tommy Wiseau of the fanatic. <laughs> he is the Carson Clay of this film. Yeah, I mean the parallels are. I mean, like you know, are they not? Yeah. Gonna, like, is is no one gonna talk about the parallels between Carson Clay and Fred Durst?
2: <laughs> I like when Moose says, "Uh, nothing, 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 nothing.
3: What use is a moose with a broken heart?" <laughs> 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 Incidentally, I'm not sure why you guys aren't referring to this film by its actual title, which of course is Moose on the Loose. Oh, of course.
1: Sorry, oh, man.
2: yes, of course. No, that was a typo. And
1: the fanatic <laughs> <A> was. <laughs> <laughs> the fanatic is just like an alternate name, but it's more widely yeah. known as Moose on the Loose, I believe. I believe
2: the fanatic was the was the Chinese name given, which is fitting because yeah, we're in you know we're in top funny movie. mode. Yeah, yeah. Top Everywhere else is known as Moose the on the Loose.
1: Um. <laughs> I had a quick gander on the Wikipedia page for Moose on the Loose before we started recording. Uh, it is not meant to be a comedy, according to the Wikipedia page. It is not. No, it you isn't. know, anyone can edit those things. They're not 100% reliable. That's true.
3: Shit,
2: think, I'll edit it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: Letterboxd is a class as a, a horror, if I remember rightly. Um, <laughs> which is so odd. It's so strange. And uh, Butch and I were talking about oh, the like, we had the the menu open of the Blu Ray before playing it, and there's some music playing, and we were like, oh, why well, can't I can't remember what we said about the music? It was just that the score was totally forgettable. Yeah, the score was like not not the most memorable thing, and we were like, oh, who, I wonder who who wrote the music for for uh, the fanatic, and uh, I went and looked it up. And there's a few composers working on the film, but one was uh, none other than John Swihart. I believe that's how his name is pronounced. Uh, John Swihart? Yeah, most notably uh, recognized as the composer for uh, Napoleon Dynamite. What uh, the uh, fuck? Uh, no fucking way! Uh, <laughs> That's
0: so he, funny. He also did the score for *Youth in Revolt*, starring Michael Cera oh and Cera. <laughs> <In> case... America.
1: <laughs> uh, what
2: the fuck? No way! Yeah, and also, the *Napoleon Dynamite* score is fucking great as well. Yeah, it's
1: really good. Um, he also did the soundtrack for *How I Met Your Mother*.
2: The
1: t- <laughs> <laughs> Which is just bizarre. And the fanatic. And the fanatic. The fact that Fred Luke. Durst
3: didn't compose the entire score himself saddens <laughs> me.
2: There is actually some fucking tunes to slap on it though. Oh I, I yeah, put... there's
3: a bit of biscuit in there. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: truth <laughs> by <laughs> Limp Biscuit. <laughs> um but the the the, sc- the score that plays while he's riding around is little Vespa at the start, and then also um I forget at what point in the movie it is, but like when you have kind of this the, the birdman inspired score. <laughs> <laughs> it's when
1: he's um performing on the streets when he's doing his uh Yes. His poppycock. Yes. His hope poppycock. 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 It's so bizarre. Um I took a surprising amount of notes on the fan. I I'm I'm gonna be I'm going to be honest with you, Bean. I didn't think I'd get as many notes out of The Fanatic as I did, but uh, I do have a small theory, and I did pick up on some things in the the background of the film uh, that I'd never noticed before. Instance, did, you, did you guys notice that uh, Gaspar Noe was in uh, the queue to get an autograph from Hunter Dunbar?
2: <laughs> I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Rob, you don't seem
1: too convinced. <laughs>
2: No, I believe you. I just, need I, just really I just, I just want to see a picture. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, do, you have a sc- do you have a screenshot?
1: I don't have a screenshot. You have to take my word for he's there. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, at numerous points in the film, uh, there's a big Scientology sign in the background. Um, oh no way. I wonder who suggested that. Yeah, I wonder who wanted to get the Scientology signs into this fucking movie. Did, uh, did Tom Cruise secretly work on it? <laughs> 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 I mean, are there any other big Scientologists associated I, I, with this movie? I, I can't quite put my finger on any big Scientologists that might be featured in this film. Uh, <laughs> anyways, John Travolta Fred Dost <laughs> yeah i feel like
3: we need to address the john travolta in the room
2: uh wait hold on before we do that i just looked up the the guy who did the cinematography and it's the same person that did the cinematography for david fincher's panic room (laughs) fuck off (laughs) yeah yeah he also did punisher and olympus has fallen and also oh. another Durst film. Jack, I think this is a great time for you to talk about, didn't you go through the three Fred Durst movies?
1: You know what, I've still... It's just
3: not... it. Conrad W. Hall, who made, like, uh, The Fanatic and a bunch of other things, not to be confused with French-Polynesian-born American cinematographer, also named Conrad Hall, <laughs> who did such films as American Beauty and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. But he did do Panic Room, which is a great movie.
1: It is a good movie. Very well shot. I haven't watched all of the, all of the Durst films. I've only seen his first, which is uh, a really boring kind of coming of age. Uh, Charlie Banks, isn't it? Charlie, yeah, the education of Charlie Banks. It's yeah, so... yeah Secret Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really boring sequel to Cody Banks. Like it's, uh, I, it's I, I can't describe it as anything else, and it's so unfred Durst. Like I think that's why I didn't enjoy. The Education of Charlie Banks Whereas The Fanatic, it's like, oh yeah This is palpably durst Like, this is like <laughs> watching a Limp Bizkit album Like, it's, it's like <laughs> this is what Yeah, it was, but like, then But then his said.
2: other But then his other movie is a spin-off of the Are We There Yet series called The Long Shots with Oh, Ice Cube. it
1: is, you're so right Starring fucking Ice Cube <laughs>
2: <laughs> And produced by Harvey Weinstein, amazing
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Good it's yeah, about hi. time his
2: name was uh, brought up
1: <laughs> If there's one thing I could say for the fanatic Is um, if I may quote Sorry if if there's one thing I could say About Moose on the Loose And if I may reference said Moose um, I watched this film When I need something Rememorable uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have written down here um, Is he like Like he's called Moose but at the start of the film, he's referred to as the Moose. He's also referred to as Chocolate Moose and Moosey at various points. <laughs> but my question is, um, have is this film told uh, with an unreliable sort of narrator, where you know he's portrayed to us as this this man called Moose, but is is the reality that he's actually? A moose that, <laughs> <laughs> that has found its way onto Hunter Dunbar's property, and that's why he slaughters. He tries to that... slaughter the moose, and then he feels sorry
3: for it and lets it go. That's why he will straight. Yeah. For yeah. And it but turns the sh- out he murdered his gardener.
1: That's why he goes I mean, straight that's... for the shotgun at the end. And He's that's also why... Yeah, fucking... You know,
3: that part where the moose ties him up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's also why Hunter is so needlessly aggressive at the, throughout the entire movie. Because, I mean, like if you were just talking to your wife and son as you're going through a bit of a tiff and there was a fucking moose behind you, <laughs> you know, you'd be pretty fucking ticked I off mean, too. I, you know? I'm,
3: I'm thinking back in the movie in my head and there's a lot supporting this theory. Like, perhaps <laughs> Hunter Dunbar really did kill his landlady or his, his maid, whatever. Uh, maybe... He, he really did kill her. And this is like the story he's telling the police. <laughs> but they're, they're He's telling them a moose did it. But they're thinking it's a person called moose. <laughs> <laughs> also,
2: uh, Jack, I love how you brought up the unreliable narrator. As if this film doesn't actually have a narrator who isn't present for literally 90% of the events in the uh, movie. Now, we need to talk about Leah
3: because I have theories. Yeah.
1: Um, can I first say before you get into your theory, another... I, and I've said this to you guys over and over throughout watching the film uh, I just love how many characters are just like they're just Fred Durst like they're just step-ins for like Serial like Man <laughs> <laughs> like Serial <laughs> <like> Man <laughs> Um, fucking Todd, the street performer, has big Durst energy about him. Hunter I'm Dunbar. I'm gonna be honest. I did not know he had a name. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leah is just so like they're all just stand-ins for fucking Durst. They all speak the exact same fucking Moose, way. I mean. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, because I mean, he's an actor.
1: Like this film could just could be read as a, like a cathartic kind of. Like, weird. monologue able- of Fred Durst. Like, like, I was going to say a cathartic kind of ableist, like, story of Fred Durst. Just, like, letting out some really toxic energy throughout this film, Mr. Durst. Bravo.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, your theory on Leah, Butch. My theory on Leah is,
3: uh. Okay, so Los Angeles, the city of angels. Uh Right. Which ties into Bean 97. Uh, in case I forget to mention this on our Bean 97 week, Bean as a fallen angel, the city of angels. Okay, all all right. I've all heard right. it also referred to as the city of fallen angels, specifically. Yeah. So that By tra-
1: uh, none other than uh, Ronnie James Dio, I believe. <laughs> <in> <laughs> Tenacious <laughs> Dean, the pick of destiny.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, just saying that ties into Bean 97. Uh, I'm pretty sure in this film, we don't see anyone directly interacting with Leah except for Moose. Like, we see her at, like, the party at the beginning and stuff, but she's not directly interacting with anyone. I don't think anyone else shares a word with her.
1: That's fair.
3: So, in the story, Leah basically exists purely to, to serve Moose's story, which might tie into your unreliable uh, reliable narrator thing, but, uh, the, the, the illustrations that show up throughout the movie are very telling. They're very odd. Yeah. Uh, uh, out of place. But the very last one, with Moose in his pirate gear, uh, shows her as a literal angel holding him up. Yeah. I think, this is just my theory, that she is his guardian angel. Only he can see her. And she's she's there to protect him and to help him and to basically push him along his god given path. She does not mean... do a
2: fucking good job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if his
3: if his you know god given path is to become a pirate, then <laughs> she does a very good job. Yeah, I think god- that that is god- the real <laughs> message of the. That's the real message of the film that everyone is missing is that this isn't about parasocial relationships or anything like that. This is about one man's quest to become a pirate.
2: God looked down on Moose's uh, like English Bobby routine and go, no, that's not working. He needs a new stick and then sent him down this path of becoming a pirate because he knew he knew that that would uh, draw in more of a crowd.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do. I I mean, I I think there is some weight to the guardian angel thing. Especially seeing as uh Moose didn't really have like a a caregiver figure in his life as a child as we see his yeah, It's know. possible he just invented her. Yeah. She could be a self invented fucking guardian angel. Maybe a kinda Jiminy Cricket type deal. I don't fucking know. Can we
2: can I actually just can we talk about that flashback and how untelling it is as well?
1: Yeah, it really
0: doesn't <laughs> establish anything. Like,
2: what what is that trying to tell us? That his, like... M- he likes movies. But, like, he it- likes
3: movies and his mom slept with people.
2: But, like, he's, like, an abusive... How dare she have a normal, healthy libido? But, like, also, that's just one night where, like, the guy is just giving out about Moose. What if, like, Moose's mom came in, like, straight after that and, like, she cuddled him up and they watched fucking Night of the Living Dead together and, you know, then they watched some Hunter Dunbar movies because, you know, this is only, like, 15 years ago, of course...
3: <laughs> I mean, like at earliest, that has to be mid seventies. That flashback.
2: Yeah. What? That's no, that's 90s. that's like two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Moose is only twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, to be
3: fair, we don't know when the film takes place because mm. it it says like Leah says like uh, after that moose, you know, uh, a while after that, Moose began to saw his injuries as a badge of honor, which implies that it takes place at some point in the past. Yeah. It can't be too far in the past because you got, like, iPhones and shit. Yeah, as big, well as, as, hold
2: on, there's a poster for London has fallen, so I'm going to... Oh, wait, hold on. There's a poster for London has fallen. The cinematographer did the cinematography for Olympus has fallen. What a nice easter egg.
1: Oh, there you go. Um, London has I... fallen
2: came out in 2016, so this has to be post-2016. Right, so has, to
3: be, has to be at least 2016.
1: <laughs> Which is, I mean, it kind of brings into question how... Like, what... like. When was Hunter Dunbar in his prime? Because at one point we do see a space shot. Space
3: vampires, duh. Yeah, I
1: mean, we hmm. space vampires, but we see a shot in Hunter Dunbar's house of his uh, collection of awards. And most of them are dated uh, 92. Oh my god. It's like. How old is this man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... I mean, he looks good for his age. But that's what yeah, I, mean. I mean. Hunter
2: it... Dunbar has to be older than Moose.
1: But he does not look it at all. No, like, John Travolta's there with his big fucking bear energy. Um, Do you think another... Fred Durst
2: originally wanted to cast like someone really young? Like he wanted to cast like Do Timothy Chalamet so or they, something? Th-
3: when they were casting them, they got the uh, the roles switched by accident. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would make a lot more sense, actually. <laughs> um, on the topic of um, the
1: uh, on the topic of John Travolta being a bear of a man in this film. Um, can we talk about the Winnie the Pooh energy? Uh, Winnie, th- <laughs> Winnie the Pooh imagery, even? One, like
3: the president of China, Mr. Bean?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I more so meant... It's going back to Top Funny Comedian for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I more so meant the fact... There's that fucking... That little bit of narration from Leah and she says something... About uh, what? Once you find the cookie jar, <laughs> I know. It just remind me of Winnie the Pooh. But I know that's fucking. Once funny you later. find
2: the honey pot, you cannot.
1: <laughs> is is Moose Winnie the Pooh, or is he a moose?
3: Is he a wild bear <laughs> that somehow Hunter Dunbar mistook for a
1: moose? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I I mean, it's not impossible. It's just unlikely. It's, yeah. <laughs> but how unlikely? You know, it's. How unlikely is it really? How unlikely is any of this? Um, I'm just trying to look through my notes because uh, I, I, I really don't know how to structure what I want to say. So I do have a kind of overarching theory of what the film might be trying to say. Event. I mean it's obvious what it's trying to say, but what it's actually
3: saying is very different. What it's trying <laughs> to be is some sort of commentary on parasocial relationships and the you know the, the relationship between fan and celebrity and how you know fandoms can go too far. It's just it's not saying that at all. What it's trying what to it's say trying is that
2: Fred say. Durst hates his fans, and if you ever approach him, he thinks you're an idiot and wants to kill you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, this well, whole movie me, is a PSA of possible. like, do not
2: <laughs> approach Fred Durst.
1: Let me start with this. What beverage is it that Moose just is constantly pursuing throughout this fucking a film? Milkshake. A shake, a just want to a shake, strawberry milkshake. What may like humor me in this? A milkshake is an inherently chaotic beverage.
3: <laughs> Is It It brings all the boys to the yard. It
1: brings all the boys to the yard, but even it's it's makeup, like you know, it, it's it's you you fuck a load of shit in a blender and you just let it ride, baby. Like that's chaos, dude. To, to be me. fair, that's most cocktails. Fuck off <laughs> <laughs> We're stick <laughs> just follow me into the milkshake theory, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so uh okay, I am I am gonna I'm gonna fucking mince my words here. I'm gonna completely fuck this, but bear with me. Blend them, we might say. (laughs) (laughs) So milkshake inherently chaotic, much like moose. Much like moose. Thank you very much. That I feel like that's a that's an obvious connection there, but also moose has a like a very clear uh, like aversion to anything that isn't like sweet, anything that isn't sickly sweet. Anything that isn't this isn't a treat. This isn't a tree. It's not he sweet. It can't be cream. a tree. He wants ice cream. And I, I think it's probably a pretty lazy metaphor for the fact that like Moose is obsessed with the the kind of screen image of Hunter Dunbar. And when he comes across the real Hunter Dunbar, he, you know, he's he, you have that scene of him watching all the films in his apartment. <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, anyone could do that. He's like, you're a bad actor. He's like, anyone could do that. So... You know, having discovered that Hunter Dunbar is not this sickly sweet artifice, he's you know, he's something a little more bitter <laughs> under the surface. And um, I do have a I have a kind of um I, I have a I have a kind of extended note that I'll I'll just read out, and that will kind of I really like be, this be So, So uh, Moose is obsessed with sweetness, which equates to artifice. Refined sugar covers up the fact that it is bad for you by test by tasting really really good mustard actually is semi healthy for you but tastes quite unusual moose needs to accept that he's living a lie <laughs> <laughs> he's living a lie
3: <laughs> I- <laughs> can't argue with any of that. More like, I, I, I... He's living a lie because he doesn't exist.
1: He's just a moose and that's they... broken into his house. You know... <laughs> you know, by buying into this kind of, this image of Hunter that he's established in his mind, Lee, it's, it's bad for him. It's bad for his mental health.
2: Yeah, it's, and when it, it's really truth, good it that just he destroys him. <laughs> I was about to say that uh, you're saying his obsession with Hunter is like bad for his mental health. And I was like, oh, thank God that when he got over his uh, his obsession halfway through the movie, he uh, he t- his mental health like completely re uh, redefines itself and he's uh, completely better <laughs> for the last half of the movie. Then <laughs> he becomes a pyre.
1: I also <laughs> I also have a few notes on uh, kind of shock entertainment. Uh, in that, you know, Moose is a street performer and he's kind of doing his whole, you know, semi... Okay, I say semi-endearing because it's fucking John Travolta being weird. That's, I don't, the, I, that's endearing. That. We not endearing. Fuck John
0: Travolta. Gonna,
1: we are not going to make fun of
3: Moose for it being no, 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 clearly no, no. mentally challenged because that's, that's not very funny. What we are going to make fun of, because it is very funny, <laughs> is John Travolta's performance of what he thinks a mentally challenged person is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have some permission to speak on this, as I am a person on the autistic spectrum, and I can see little, you know, little autistic traits in Moose. Yeah, and according uh, to the wiki, he is meant to be autistic. I mean, I, I, there's nothing in the film that explicitly states that, but I'd be willing to buy it. I'd yeah. be willing to buy that he is somewhere on the spectrum. It is it does kind of reinforce some negative stereotypes that, it sure does that mentally challenged people uh, or, or people with learning difficulties are inherently bad or unstable or, or dangerous crazy like it's <laughs> <which>, yeah <laughs> it I, is a I real cheap shot I don't think it's shot, trying isn't? to say that this is all mentally challenged people I, I think, think it's it trying is. to say this is moose um, <laughs> Moose because is the, Moose the, hold on. Moose isn't is the only... average person in any way. Well,
2: he's also the only person in the movie that's like mentally challenged in any way. So he's the only representation. So how are we supposed to that not believe is, I mean, that this is, is how true. Fred Durst sees every person with any sort of mental illness or disability?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think this might just be how Fred Durst sees every person that isn't him. Yeah. Um. But as I was saying, you know, Moose's whole shtick on uh, Hollywood boulevard is that where he performs is it, uh, it's it's somewhere. Sunset somewhere. Street. it's, I, it's I'm pretty sure it's not filmed in la yeah look he's on the streets doing his old shtick as a, a british fucking copper you know bobby but Bo- a bobby a, that's it, a bobby um welcome where, to all of <laughs> and he's getting very very little attention doing his whole uh bobby fucking uh, shtick Whereas Todd, who you know, his whole act is just kind of like Sh- shocked. Shock. shove a pencil up his nose. Yeah, they're like stabbing shit. himself with shit and, and then swindling his, people, yeah. and it gets loads and of attention. Serial man is there, <laughs> and it gets loads and loads of attention. Um, and I just, I only kind of picked up on it this time round that um, I don't know where I'm going with this really, but I think like Moose doesn't really is never recognized or even kind of appreciated. ...by his fellow man until he becomes subject to a kind of a shock performance... ...i.e. this fucking movie. The scene where he gets slaughtered and like, you know, fucking maimed by Hunter Dunbar. As his hand shot off, you know, his hearing taken out, that's, and his <laughs> eyes stabbed out. Like, you know, in, in universe, in the universe of the film, that's a, you know, that's a bad thing happening to Moose. But from our perspective... It's like, it's shock entertainment It's just like, bad <laughs> shit happening to someone right,
3: From our perspective, it's it's a bit too far But It like, is too
1: far But, like, no, also kinda justified And then, but anyways, the scene after that He's recognised in the street as being A player As being a shock performer, yeah A player by these fucking guys on holidays And they're ecstatic to see this fucking brutally beaten John Travolta I one. will
2: say, this, this this mirrors and parallels the the Mr. Bean's holiday dichotomy a little bit between like classic cinema and then like you know the kind of art house uh, pretentious uh, you know auteur. So like you know you've moose going I mean, it's around. It's
3: kind of like the beginning of top funny comedian in the movie where you got the guy that's been beaten really badly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if moose is like the classic feel good singing in the rain, then. Uh, the the other guy who I, I don't care what his name is is the uh the Demon the the, the human centipede part 3 of uh of uh, <laughs> cinema <Yeah. laughs> or the hostel part 3 or the saw 3 oh
3: God. hey saw 3 is a good film
2: <laughs> um i've only seen saw 1 and 4 Anyway. That's a
3: very odd combination of the saw films to watch. <laughs> I'd recommend the first three at the very
2: least. <laughs> um, but yeah, so definitely some nice parallels there. And the fact that Willem Dafoe is in the movie as well.
1: Where is Willem Dafoe in Moose on the
2: He's just behind Gaspar Noé in The, in the line. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're
3: hanging out. <laughs> yeah, Rowan Atkinson is an uncredited cameo as Serial Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: it's a
2: bit like in find... you know Yo, when force awakens when like they got loads of celebrities to play stormtroopers <laughs> it's just like that <laughs> Rowan and played the fucking serial man <laughs>
1: i do wish we got a reveal for serial man yeah he's just in the background in two shots it's hunter never mentioned. it's hunter it's hunter
2: why, why wouldn't it be
3: that's I mean <laughs> there's nothing to suggest that it isn't.
2: Well I mean think about it hunter like is supposed to be kind of not washed well maybe washed up but like out of his prime. I
1: think he's washed up? Yes yeah, so how the but fuck is getting how's... offers
3: for roles? But yeah but he, and he's and not, he's taking, offers and he's for not roles taking and he's not He's got him. enough money that he's able to say I don't want to do this And role where's so that the money coming from?
2: Where's the money coming from being a street performer a serial man? <laughs> street
3: performers make fuck all well apparently
2: apparently, yeah because all every other street performer makes fuck all because all the money is going to cereal man the money has to go somewhere Uh,
1: there was also a few kind of lazy commentaries throughout this film in regards to I suppose the way media is perceived in general for for instance when Moose uh, walks into onto Hunter's property And is confronted by the cleaner. She first appears brandishing a fucking. I think it's an no. It's not an Oscar. It's some fucking. I think it's made. I think it's
2: made up. Is it?
1: I probably. It's a BAFTA. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's some sort of film statue. Anyways,
2: it's the Razzie that this movie won.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. (laughs) Uh others also just uh, it was probably a throwaway line but uh YouTube teaches you everything as you YouTube. know <laughs> Yeah, U2
2: the band. Do
1: you know Bono is in this film?
2: <laughs> yeah, he's in the line with Gasparnoe yeah, and Mom <laughs> DeVoe
1: <laughs> Oh god. I mean I think that's kind of all my notes.
2: I took one note. What was it? It's on the Freddy Krueger uh, diatribe. Ah, uh,
3: yes, the 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 marriage story scene.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you know the way he says like uh, like I want Freddy Krueger like rip your head off and it'll roll into the street and get squished by a truck. Um, how familiar are you? How familiar are you guys with the Final Destination quintology?
3: I'm i familiar Fam- with
1: the, the first film and the concept of the rest yeah. but I haven't seen anything past the It'd first I'd be semi-familiar with them I haven't watched them in fucking years but I used to watch them to death when it was probably like tw- uh-huh. 12 uh-huh. to death <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay well final destination <laughs> 5 is the best one um, do you guys mind mild, spoil- or mild spoilers for final do destination 5 uh, well obviously but it's how they die is the fun uh, okay. Mi- okay mild spoilers for Final Destination 5 so in Final Destination 5 there's a woman who is getting laser eye surgery and obviously some shenanigans goes on and the, yeah. uh, the laser ends up cutting the eye out of like her eyeball out Um, which then falls on the floor and rolls, um, on the floor. I forget how it gets out of the building, but it it ends up, uh, falling out of, or does, I think her body like falls out of the, um, the building from like a massive height and then her eyeball rolls onto the road and a truck runs it over. Why am I bringing this up? Because Devin Sawa is most famous for playing the lead in the first Final Destination movie, meaning that that whole speech was obviously a reference to the Final Destination series.
1: Well, entirely possible. Entirely, but yeah, I, I'll take it. I mean, honestly, definitely.
2: I mean, definitely not. But like... <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it's got
1: more evidence than your fucking Fight Club theory. Hey, shut so the fuck up! We'll I it. I
2: humored your food theory here. <laughs>
1: but, hey, hey, the milkshake is clearly a metaphor. <laughs> Fuck you. Um,
2: of course. Then there's also the parallels everyone has already fucking mentioned that aren't as deep as Fred Durst thinks they are. Of Devon Sawa playing Stan and the fucking Eminem music video that's all about you know a fanatic uh, who like you know goes kind of over the edge. uh Literally, he drives his car over the edge of a cliff. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, talked
3: about this film's use of this film's masterful use of the musical stylings of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah, I, I want, I want, use. I want
2: Jack to talk about that.
1: <laughs> Please,
3: uh, okay, a resident expert.
1: I mean, I don't really know what to say about it, it. It's just the most shoehorned fucking reference possible. I mean, it like. I don't. E- I don't even know like what to say about it, really, because it's just like you know. For those that haven't seen the film, and if you haven't seen the film, I don't know why you'd be fucking listening. But <laughs> he like Hunter Dunbar is in the in his car with his son, and uh, he just turns to his son, completely unprompted, and says, uh, "You ever listen to Limp Biscuit? You like a little biscuit? Yeah, I used to listen to this back in the day." And just proceeds to blast as, well, I was going to say a small portion, but a pretty lengthy portion of the song The Truth <laughs> by Limp Biscuit. Which we should
3: point out that we watched the second half of this film with uh, subtitles. And the subtitles, where most film subtitles would just say like music playing or something. Here it's
2: Limp Biscuit.
3: Dash. The truth.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really and, important with mean, the story. It wouldn't make sense for a deaf person to hear music playing, and then he's saying, you like a bit of biscuit? That makes no hey, sense. Gotta know fu-
3: that it's Limp biscuit.
1: <laughs> what always confused me about that scene is the part of the song that they chose to use. Because they just sort of pick, like, one of the instrumental sections, and then as Fred Durst, the fucking director of this film, and the writer of this film... And the producer, and the producer, and of probably this film. something else. I'm like, he like, he's like starts rapping and then it kind of cuts off as I, I don't know. I just always thought that was an odd choice. Devin Sawa probably it, didn't
2: feel comfortable rapping um, in front of Durst. He didn't want to kind of you know, because Durst is obviously his idol, and he didn't want to kind of um, you know uh, d- do badly <laughs> or embarrass himself in front of Durst.
1: Look, I mean, oh, here's a thought. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Are you guys familiar with the song... Oh, yeah, no, this is actually such a stupid theory, because, like, every fucking Limp Bizkit song is about the same shit. I was gonna say, oh, this could be, like, the film version of Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit, but, I mean, every fucking Limp Bizkit song is just about... Being angry, I'm fucking pissed off. I I wanna I wanna hit somebody, and and sometimes I'll get a little more sensitive about it. But mainly Fred Durst is just he's gonna piss in his neighbor's lawn and. <laughs> and that's just what this film fucking feels like I think that's why I love it because <laughs> I mean you know people listening to this might be getting the wrong idea thinking oh boy these guys really hate this film and oh no it's a 10 out
3: of 10 film for
1: me yeah it's a 10 out of 10 for me Rob I know you're not too sold on it but you know. I
2: like it for what it is uh, and I'll probably rewatch it again at some point but like I just like I can't deny that I hate it like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> like it's not a good movie by any stretch.
1: No, not at all. But I think it's you know what I would say it is? It's an it's an auteur movie in all the worst possible <laughs> ways. Fred <The> Durst <laughs> should not be a fucking auteur. A little <laughs> bit like Tommy Wusso. Yeah, but at least like, nah, like, like say what you will
3: about the room. It is definitely Tommy's vision. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. But it's like this like this was so like a Fred directed, written, produced film could not be any other way than <laughs> John Travolta playing a like insensitively portraying like people with, you know, spectral, spectral and bobs, you know, and like you know, a bit like autistic, <laughs> like is meant to be autistic in the fucking film? It's just like, I don't know, it just couldn't have been any other way because it's so ignorant, it's.
3: So it's lightning in a
1: jar, incest. man. <laughs> <laughs> like if
3: if like just one element of this film had changed, it wouldn't be what it is no. at all. It would be like if if John Travolta's part was played by a competent actor that wasn't Daniel day just hamming up everything. <laughs> then it would have been a completely different film. It wouldn't have... Even if it was a really good performance, it wouldn't have been as good a film as it is now, or as enjoyable a film as it is now. It might have been technically better, but then it just would have been a really... Like bland and poorly written film because the script is terribly written. Yeah, yeah. And some of the choices are just mind-boggling. Like the the maid being killed like in plain sight <laughs> and just completely ignored for half the film. But obviously the entire audience is it, uh, never forgets about her. And the fact that somehow nobody on the property notices that she's just there in the it's yard, the only dead de- for several days. It's
2: the only death in the movie, so it hits a lot harder. Like you don't forget. Like if if up to that point Moose had killed a few other people, like on screen or whatever, then it might be easier to forget about it. But it's the only death on screen, so like it really yeah. sticks in your mind.
1: It, not only is it the only death, it's fucking gruesome.
2: He fucking isn't. like.
1: He fucking like hits her with the heel of his palm, it breaks her nose, and then she cracks her head on a fucking flower pot. Like it's, it's a bird feeder or something. Or a yeah, yeah. some The sound
2: fucking... effect there was uh, was horrible as well. The big bonk.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> it's really gruesome, you're so right. Like you it, you you can't ignore it. It's so in-your-face, and it's the only thing of its kind in the whole fucking film. Like,
3: literally, if they had just changed, like, one thing, it was just, he kills her in a slightly less visible spot. Yeah. That or would be he, fine.
1: Or he moves the body.
3: But no, she's just there, out in the open, and we're just expected to forget about it. Like, it comes with some big surprise mm. at the end. Or she just but...
1: like, Or she just, like, goes
2: home or something. Like, he waits for her to leave, and then he goes in. Yeah. Like,
3: it's... I, I it's unnecessary except for just the shock and then the ending like I say but the 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 ending it's meant to come with some sort of big surprise but like and and then Hunter Dunbar gets arrested and
2: doesn't say it, anything <laughs> uh,
3: doesn't say I I presume he's waiting until he gets down to the station to go no a, a, a bear or a moose or something broke into my house <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do, I have this just image in my head and I so hope this is how it happened but Like, Fred Durst was just maybe having, like, breakfast in some fucking diner one day, and he just had a napkin and a pen, and he wrote down, like, five sentences, just synopsizing a story, and that's what this film is like. It's just some... I mean, it clearly is some half-baked idea that he clearly just fucking... Like, just such a a half-baked... Not even a commentary on fucking like you said fucking parasocial parasocial fucking relationships. It's 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 just so bad, but I can't help but love it. It was
2: originally a Limp Bizkit music video idea.
1: Is that a fact?
2: It could be. <laughs> <laughs> it's an alternative fact
1: i'd love to believe that I, i'm gonna believe it i'm gonna believe yeah, it yeah i mean like
3: possible, just... is there a limp biscuit album that lasts exactly the runtime of this film because if there is oh. it could be meant to be synced up <laughs> it oh, is okay. actually it <laughs> is
2: it is interesting actually that um like you know the car scene where he says like oh do you like a bit of biscuit and they, they put on a bit of biscuit um i did read there actually is 40 around 47 minutes of b-roll footage of them actually driving around listening to the entire album but that's on Um, and
3: shot by rob zombie
2: (laughs) and they did the entire album up to that point and then uh and then you know they come across because they they lost john travolta's full method and they lost him while filming so that whole scene is them <laughs> actually look, driving him. Yeah, they were driving around <laughs> looking for him. <laughs> so when he finds him he actually is really upset. Like he's like, Where were you? But he obviously has the acting character, so that's where all the emotion comes from.
3: Beautiful. Fuck <laughs> me, man. It's a beautiful movie. I highly recommend you all go out and buy it on Blu ray like I did.
2: You um, just wanted an autograph.
3: He all he wanted, all wanted was, was an, an autograph. arguably the best tagline of all time, you know, is it Jaws? Two
1: who? <laughs> I,
2: mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, I am happy to move on to the the mailbag if you guys are. It's the mailbag. It's the mailbag. It's the mailbag. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> that was so much worse in person <laughs> uh, Oh yeah, I have the mailbag this Yeah, uh, as far as I'm
3: aware The uh, question sticker we put up on the Instagram Didn't get any responses well, so we, we, we put we... up
1: an AMA on Reddit this week uh, To get some strangers To ask us a few questions uh, And uh, What was the title of said AMA? The title of said AMA was We're watching the Mr. Bean Movies Repeatedly for a year AMA we are watching one of the 3 Mr Bean movies once a week every week for an entire year. We're currently on week 21 out of 52. Ask us a question and it will be uh, and it will be read out in the mailbag section of our next podcast episode. And what do we have from a uh, username uh Amacrum Mr Bean never gets old. Just started the original series at my youngest There's no such thing as too much Mr. Bean. I like you already. (laughs) 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 My question is, can we be friends?
2: Yeah, come on the podcast. (laughs) Okay.
1: Honestly, uh, I'm a crumb. If you want to hop on the podcast... Bring your
3: youngest, why not?
1: Bring your youngest, it'd be a fucking hoot. (laughs) Absolute hoot. Um... (laughs) I do like that he has said that Mr. B never gets he old. He or she. Uh, oh, well, yeah, he Don't or she. Don't be uh, sexist, or fuck. Or they. Yeah. Eh? Mr. B never gets old. What an opening line. I mean, you know, we've discussed that he is immortal.
3: I mean, in that sense,
1: correct. <laughs>
3: Rowan Atkinson certainly gets older. Like, I think that's I an mean, established as, fact.
1: Yeah, I mean, just look at... The state of him in Top Funny comedy. <laughs> he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't look happy. His makeup's terrible. He's a mess. Like I, I, fucking... Next question uh, <laughs> comes from a uh, username Arcady2009. Uh, why did you choose Mr. Bean movies and what's the purpose of watching them so often? We're stupid and we're stupid. <laughs> Anything to, con- to contribute, Rob?
2: Um, they're funny. <laughs> no,
1: now, now. They're not all funny. <laughs> Despite what the titles may imply, some of them are not top funny. Yeah. Christ, I cannot wait to get back to, to next week. Next week is a Bean episode. Yeah, me and you get to watch Bean together. Yeah. Get a few drinks and us have some snacks. Uh, you know, seven or eight pretty... Pretty drinks, very pretty uh, drinks, very pretty drinks. Yeah, um, seven or eight laxatives. I. Why was that, Rob?
2: Seven or eight laxatives, you know. Seven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did respond with a comment to the to that question, which was excellent question. <laughs> We started more or less because we all kind of half remembered the first film and came to the conclusion that the Mr. Bean featured in that film is a different character altogether. The film has this weird sort of depressing aura about it. For a more comprehensive answer, I'd recommend listening to our new episode on Monday, we'll post a link to our anchor below, but I suppose more than anything it was something of a morbid intrigue in a film that was a critical flop. Also, in terms of watching them so often, we're really trying to get a comprehensive year-long analysis of the films. So it makes sense to do a weekly rotation. Any more often would be torture. Any less would often mean we'd lose our groove. <laughs> this is torturous <laughs> enough. This is, and that's all the questions we have. Uh, also, really, okay. oh, <laughs> What a week! What a week! Oh, well. oh, that's gonna make stinking horrible. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Time for the Patreon. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh Oh, fuck. Okay, okay, let me just... Uh, woo! Are we all ready? For the Patreons, <laughs> baby!
2: <laughs> Rob, are you ready? Yes, I am. Our first patron is
3: Adam Reppend. Our second patron is Mrs. H...
0: Miss Ishka Beach.
3: Our third patron is Jack Kavanagh.
0: Jessica Kwakianupe.
3: Our fourth and final patron is Andy Kinsella. <laughs> and Rapu Nice Yamaha solo there <laughs> If you want to be read out in this section Go to patreon.com Forward slash free bean salad pod That is the word free And donate $5 or more per month You can donate as little as $1 per month Or more if you want I don't know, we're hungry These trying times You might be rich, you might have more money than we do Give us some That's patreon.com forward slash free bean salad pod So, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at
2: <laughs>
3: at free salad Pod. that is the number free. You can also email us. We are freebeansaladsociety at gmail.com. That is the word free. We made all of these accounts in a rush. I'm so sorry they don't all match. We don't have a <laughs> Facebook. So we don't have a Facebook. We might make one for the very last episode. Uh... uh Sure, look, go follow our MySpace page. Uh, we're, we're listed there as Fred Durst. Uh, go follow our
2: Friendster. Of...
3: Go uh, go look us up on Pixapost uh, and YouTube. Uh, Instater. Uh,
2: yeah, Instant us up Face. On, uh,
3: look us up on YouTube. You won't find us there, but you can look us up anyway. My uh, Grammage. <laughs> uh, can give I... Give us a review on... Uh, fucking trip advisor
2: <laughs> can I can I go through the the patrons again because they're funny go on okay
0: message cabbage <laughs> adroop reckoning and for two camps in Delaware. just a clock in you Okay. <laughs> 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 Wow, wow. <laughs>
2: Joseph, Quark, and Youth. Joseph, Quark, and Youth. Joseph, Quark, and Youth. What
1: is that? <laughs> Jack, and it? Joseph,
0: Quark, and Joseph, and Youth. Joseph,
1: and We literally just got another quest.
3: Oh, fuck. Uh, emergency extra mailbag theme. <laughs> the
1: extra, mailbag, the extra mailbag.
3: It's the extra mailbag, it's the extra mailbag, it's the extra mailbag, I guess.
1: Um, Extra mailbag time Um, Oh dear My phone won't load it
2: Is this going to be the uh, post credits? I'm
1: sweating I
3: mean I guess so I I don't have any other (laughs) ideas I am sweating (laughs) so much
1: (laughs) Why won't (laughs) it load? load. Why won't it load? (laughs) (laughs) Have you questioned (laughs) Why Mr. Bean is (laughs) called Mr. (laughs) Bean yet? No No we 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 haven't (laughs) (laughs) haven't. Why Why, is he he called (laughs) that?
3: Okay (laughs) Now, so firstly, his first name catch. is definitely Mr. We've established yeah. that for a fact. That's a weird first name to have. Uh <laughs> so his mother was presumably Mrs. Bean. Did she have an actual
1: first name? No. Oh god, I don't know. Was
3: she just was his father Mr. Bean Is he Mr. Bean Jr.? Uh did he have a father? Did he just like asexually reproduce?
1: I like to Is think he a virgin it... <laughs> birth? His mother is called Agnes Bean. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Is his name actually Whistler?
1: Ah, oh, this has been a mess! <laughs>
3: Much like the movie we're extensively discussing. Uh,
2: okay, goodbye! <laughs> okay, bye. bye.
3: And...